Hello guys, welcome to the third episode of the Man V Fat Football Players Podcast. Uh, I'm Stuart, your regular host, I'm here with Roman, our All right, tech Stuart. guy. Alright Stuart, how are you doing? How's your week going? My week? Yeah. Um, hard work, work's getting hard. But step challenge right now, so I'm actually, you know, on top, so it's all good. Good, good. Do you mind being referred to as the tech guy? <laughs> I don't, it's fine. You know, sure. it'll, I've been called worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably by me. It probably on football pitch, yeah. <laughs> As you can hear, we are here with uh, Man Fat founder, uh, Andy Shanahan, commonly referred to as Shan. And we're just going to have a sit down and a little chat about everything Man Fat. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Thank you. We are currently sat in the Holiday Inn in sunny Stockport, home of the Blossoms, releasing an album tomorrow. It's probably. I mean, she was sat here with a nice cup of um, cappuccino and a nice glass of uh, red wine. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, healthy red good. wine. There you go. It looks good. One of your five a day. So <laughs> called now. Certainly. So, Sham, we'll, dig, we'll, uh, we'll get right into it. And what I want to do, start off with, I want to take you right back. So, I, I can see your notes. And yeah. One of them says about Shan. Yeah, about Shan. So that's what we're going to do first. Yeah, let's go there. So tell us about yourself, Shan. Okay. Um, I, I'm Andrew Shanahan or Shan. And I have to say, it's not like a prince type name. I'm not like Oprah that I just insist on being called Shan. It's just that I hate the name Andrew. And generally, uh, as I've grown up, I just have been referred to as Shan. So typically now, it's uh, it's only really my mum that calls me Andrew. So I always feel like I'm in trouble. trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so uh, I'm 40. It happened recently. Yeah, I know. it was alright actually. I didn't get the kind of. I think I've had my midlife crisis. I think about about nine already. So. Um, but yeah, had a vasectomy on Monday, so yeah. that's, that's how I'm celebrating my 40s. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Spermless. <laughs> and in pain. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I'm drinking wine and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Try to forget it. Yeah. So let's go back, let's go back to before Man Fat. Um, you were a um, food critic, yeah. award-winning journalist yeah, for The Guardian. Yeah. Um, you... What happened? Uh, yeah, what happened? <laughs> So, you were a journalist. Yeah. You started a website. Um, yeah. Grooms. I did. Yeah. So way way back when. So I graduated and I did a, a degree in drama. Don't you know? Um, and I did it with Benedict Cumberbatch. Really? Yeah. I wow. graduated. I well, you said that in a slightly <laughs> <laughs> menacing tone, as if he'd somehow done better than well, me. Well, you know. <laughs> He's in a certain <laughs> film that I think, believe is getting released tonight at midnight. Yeah. Oh, and, yes, yes. And I'm, I'm pretty successful as well. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you wouldn't be on this podcast if you were. Exactly, that's a good point. Uh, so, yeah, I did drama, um, realised that I hated acting, and realised that I enjoyed writing a lot more. Uh, started doing a lot of writing for performance, worked for the BBC for a bit, won a couple of the talent competition things that they do left university and uh, trained as a journalist because I thought that would be a good way to write a lot. Uh, did a lot of writing, did a lot of awful, terrible freelance work, um, which was, you know, taught me a lot. And around about 2008, when I was working as a freelance journalist, um, the recession hit. And so uh, I went from having about 25 clients who commissioned me on a regular basis to about one. <laughs> yeah. and. Um, 
and so it just sort of really struck me that I needed to own what it was that I was writing so rather than working for people I needed to work for myself um, and it sort of I think all journalists are, are a bit kind of um, entrepreneurial by by bent really and so I started writing about something that was I was going through at the time when I was getting married um, and something that I'd done quite a lot of obviously I'd done a lot of uh, script writing so I started doing a lot of speech writing for men so I've, I've written so if anyone needs a speech writing ah if only last year how did it go no, sure. Oh, that was me. It was me. Yeah. It went really well. Yeah. yeah. Got a few laughs. Good. Yeah. Most days by the best man, but I think that happens anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I wrote. I started a company called Burn the Toast, which was about writing wedding speeches for blokes. And then out of that grew a website called Staggered, which was where basically we were writing all these wedding speeches for men. Uh, and for fathers of the bride and grooms, and they kept sort of coming back to us with questions about well, where do I get my suit, and um, you know, how do I, uh, you know, book the honeymoon and stuff. So we just started writing articles around that, and it grew from there really. Um, and by the end, it was it was pretty massive. And but the, the the big sort of thing that went alongside that was the fact that it was anyone who's run their own business will know that you you put so much into it. Um, I was working sort of 13, 14 hour days, and just not moving. I was sat at a computer and just kind of thrashing out articles and uh, Facebook posts and everything, doing it all myself. And um, you know, it went from there really. I just stacked on an absolute ton of weight. And so by the end of it, I was about 18 stone and just unhealthy, miserable, and uh, in a bad way mentally as well. I think, you know, I was really um, stressed, you know. And, really really didn't know what I was doing with the business like, I knew we'd done really well in terms of building up traffic and things um, but I didn't know what it was as a business so and, and I felt kind of out of my depth really and um, so when I uh, just decided to sell that because it just it all got too much I was a bit I think I'd written the same speech about you know uh, best men not crucifying their grooms at the, on their speeches and stuff written that article about 20 times and just thought you know I need to do something different and so sold the business um, and that left me a bit of time to, to kind of address the big thing that I'd been neglecting which was my health and my weight and, and as I went through that it was really just it was genuinely shocking that you know how little help there was for blokes and I've said this loads in interviews but it still surprises me you know that man v fat is basically the only thing out there for, for men it's like a, a realisation now, but after the point kind of thing, now it's here. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, there isn't anything for that. No. So what did you try? Where did you go? I've done it all. I, I mean, you know, I know everyone says that, but I did everything. So, and you know, I think it's important to sort of say that I'm not like a Joe Wicks type, yeah. you know, figurehead head at the top of the organisation where I, I've absolutely cracked it, I know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I've put on probably a stone and a half in the last six months and that's again just down to stress and work and you know getting much busier and things like that and so for me I think it's more important that I'm truthful with people and that I'm honest about you know Joe Wicks God bless him he's, he's an amazing guy good-looking guy you know all the rest of it but um, but his job is looking good and, and sort of keeping on top of that and I think my job is to be truthful about my journey with weight and, and not be a knobhead by saying, actually, I've got it cracked and you can all crack yeah. it as well. Yeah. Because I, I see 
the same sort of journey with, I hate the word journey by the way, but... Do you know what, I really made a real conscious effort not to use that word, but you come back to it again. There's know. nothing else that can really explain I know, it. I've, I've looked for it's synonyms. So cringy, but it is. It is kind of. It's so X the factor, best isn't word it? For it? Yeah. Yeah. So you were um, you were struggling. Obviously, you were losing weight. You tried other things. Mm. Um, I think one of the points there about the truth is is, is very evident with manly fat. Mm. I know that um, Ross's advice, um, Ross Hunter from episode one, said that. The biggest bit of advice you can give to anyone is just be truthful with, yeah. with the people around you. Uh, and he said it was quite freeing when he, he talked to people about how maybe he ate in secret, mm. um, you know, probably drank too much yeah. um, and stuff like that. So that, I think that is definitely um, runs right through Mandy Fat is an element of that you have to be truthful with the teammates. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly with the teammates, and you know, I think that there's no real hiding from them, is there? Because you know, as you look at the scores each week, you know who's lost and who hasn't. And although we try and avoid that becoming a bit like a, you know, uh, a, a painful process of people going, you know, of it being, because when we started it, the funny thing was was that we had this, we ordered or we sort of asked for this really private, secure broom cupboard, basically. Uh, I think they put us in a mop cupboard in Fox Hollies in Birmingham, and. Um, and that was because I genuinely thought that blokes wouldn't want to wear, like, sort of, they would be much more secretive than they actually are about their weight. And I thought that men would want to come in, shut the door behind them. One-on-one. Uh, One-on-one, you know. And, and within about a week, they were just, you know, all of their teammates crammed into this tiny broom cupboard. Um, Looking at the numbers. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, no one was as, uh, you know, I thought people would be a lot more private about that, but they're not at all. And I think that, that that helps in many ways because you just sort of, you know, we all know that we're on the same page. So as soon as you join Man Fat, there's no illusion that you're a bloke who wants to lose weight. No, it is, it is, it is a really free thing to, yeah. to actually be honest with other people about yeah. how much you weigh, how unhappy you are, how um, much it affects you. Definitely, and I think that then transmits from your teammates, probably, certainly for me, uh, to my family members, yeah. to my wife, and, and, and other people, even yeah. my friends who aren't involved in Man so we'll take we'll take it back a bit to, to your way. Yeah. yeah. Um, you tried a few things. Mm. A bit. That's not for men. That's not for men. Um, so how what what did you actually do diet wise? So so I went from about eighteen stone to about I think I was at my lowest. I was about twelve five. I'm probably about fourteen now. And so essentially the the loss was mostly around. You know, for me, the, the key thing was was having the time to focus on it and to make those choices because I'm, I'm someone that when I'm working, I tend to be very difficult to dislodge from work. So, you know, I've got a standing desk at work, so that helps because at least I'm sort of on my feet. But, you know, my step count, so I'm on six and a half thousand for the day, which is actually relatively good for me because I work in the garden, there's a shed in the bottom of the garden, so I take 40 paces to get there and I will just focus and go from morning till night basically until I come out and so that that was really the freeing thing for me was stopping and take putting my health as a priority and, that, and that's such a I think men really struggle with that you know actually putting themselves first and saying do you know what I've got to take my health seriously and, and funnily enough it nearly always happens 
uh, when they go to the doctor and the doctor goes, look, you might actually die as a result yeah. of this. And then they go, oh shit, you know, I actually need to do something a bit more concrete. And then, and then they make a change and they put their health first. But I think we need to get better as a, as a, as a gender, don't we, about actually saying it's not selfish, it's yeah. not daft, it's not feminine, vain. vain. Yeah. If I actually just say I'm going to take some time to, to do some exercise, I'm going to take some time to plan my food for the week, I'm going to put some money into you know investing in myself because ultimately you look at most men and what they want is they want to provide for their families and they want to you know be there for their mates and they want they want to you know they're quite we're quite social even though we're often quite you know yeah, <laughs> private yeah. as well and I think that that really changes things when you put yourself first and I think we need to realize that if you're putting yourself higher up the priority list and your health higher up the priority list it's so that you can actually, you know, be better at supporting your family, you know, because they're not going to appreciate it when you yeah. keel over with a heart attack. No, I think it's definitely, definitely a stigma with for men to say, you know what, I do want to eat better, I do want to go to the gym. Uh, the <coughs> average guy, mm. you know, we all like, the gym's a great place, but you mm. know, it's mainly predominantly guys who are a lot fitter than yeah. your average guy. Yeah. Someone who goes to the gym five times a week, mm. you know, doesn't look like. Kind of guys that play rugby football. Yeah. They don't. yeah. Not the, certainly not at the start. A lot, a lot, a lot of men are generally just scared of walking into the gym. You know, yeah. there are men who you know are attracted to man versus fat. Different, yeah. different side completely. Yeah. Um, but one thing always stuck with me. I think my physio said this to me, um, which I think he was trying to get me to spend money at the time, but mm. it worked. Was, you know, men, um, people, always spend money on the car. They'll always get an MOT yeah. on the car and mm. buy parts for the car yeah. so the engine runs well. Why does never anybody spend money on themselves and give themselves an MOT? Yeah. And that stuck with me thinking, well, what is a, what is a body MOT? It's mm. eating healthy. Yeah. It's making sure you know what's going in your body to be well oiled. Mm. And I think that's what's distributed around man versus fat um, completely as a man mm. um, kind of attitude. With a, with a whole group, I, I really do think that's working. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you've lost the weight. You've got down to yeah. So when I, when I I mean the so I did Weight Watchers. I did Slimming World. Um, genuinely felt put off by both of them, and I, I was the one fat bloke in the the room full of women yeah, for yeah, Weight Watchers, and they were talking about things that were irrelevant to me. I'm sure you've heard this before, but I, we did the one of the groups, one of the uh, topics that the leader talked about was, you know, during your period you'll get bloating and things. And I was like, that's not my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't think I will. Yeah. yeah, when I get my period, I'm going to hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, was, it was just, you know, it was so irrelevant to me. And it didn't seem like it addressed the issues that I had, which was being stressed with work. And, yeah, you know, yeah. and the fact that, you know, when I got home from work, I'd speed relax with some beer. And and that for me was uh, speed relax. Yeah, man, speed relax. Yeah. Like, I've never heard that before. Well, you get I like home, it. You get home at half ten, and you're thinking, I should be a lot more relaxed for half ten, given the fact that I'm going to bed in like an hour. And you're thinking, so at half ten, no one's making a salad, are they? No. You know, even if you've prepared one on Sunday, you're skipping that for toast and a quaver sandwich, basically. Um, so for me, that that was the real issue. But you know, giving myself the time and the pro the putting my health a bit more higher up the priority list, it, you know, 
we've all seen it. It drops off you. Um, so week week to week, I was losing kind of two three pounds a week because I was exercising and enjoying you know being out of work. What were you doing exercise wise? Do you not just moving? Yeah. Like you know, like I painted my shed where I work and stuff, mm -hmm. and um, I made sure that I did both the drop off and the pick up for the boys just at school. Just being a bit more conscious on a daily yeah, basis. Yeah, being out there and moving, yeah. you know. Um, and so that, that was a, a massive thing for me. Um, and so the weight sort of fairly, pretty much dropped off and I, I felt a lot better, started getting involved in yoga and, you know, started those, those sorts of classes. I did... Um, triathlon? Yeah, I did a triathlon, yeah. So wow. I've, I've done probably four or five triathlons now um, and could probably, so I still swim an awful lot and still run. Um, and, and just sort of really enjoyed being physically active again and loved doing yoga. I think more men should do yoga. So I'm a, I'm a qualified yoga teacher, you know. Yeah, I, I qualified in broga. Which, no, genuinely. Oh, I, know, okay. I know. Oh dear. Yeah. Is, that of, <laughs> is that a lot of fist bumping in the dog? It is, yeah. It's, it's, like, um, it's like a workout around yoga positions. It's absolutely brutal. So I went, it, I, I mean, it's a bit of a daft thing. I'd never teach it. Um, it was a good course to go and do for the weekend. I think it was four, four or five days. And I um, went down to Cheltenham with all these like skinny yoga girls. And there was me, like a <laughs> fat lad at the back, <laughs> and um, learning all these things. And they could do all of the positions perfectly. Yeah. And I was still like cranking out farts, doing downward dog and stuff. <laughs> and it just wasn't going well. Um, but got through it. And it's, it's pretty, it's a brutal class. If, yeah. if you see a broga class near you, go and have a look. It's, it's good stuff. We've done yoga, haven't we? Yeah. We've done yoga in our boot camp. Um, oh, yeah. Cried a little after. Awful. Yeah, it's, it's... Surprisingly awful. Really tough. Like, they've just changed the programme from yoga to Wednesday to a lot of running, and I'm like, yeah, I'd rather be running. Yeah, <laughs> and before yoga, I would have be been like, no, yeah. give me some weights, I'll lift them. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, bring the running on, because yoga's what's, really What's hard. great about yoga is that it, it gets everyone. No, no one. Yeah comes out of a yoga class and goes that's dead easy because if, if you can do the bit where you put your foot behind your head then they go okay well balance on one arm as you do it because yeah. that's the next step of it and that you never end like until you're basically levitating and just yeah, flying yeah. around then you know you you haven't finished yoga yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good yeah it's brutal it's brutal <laughs> so we got we got fit we got healthy mm -hmm. um triathlon yoga um obviously you realize at this point that there was a massive uh, hole within the diet industry, diet industry or within just um, the countries, really, that men, these classes are need, in, uh, just not catered for, for men at all. Mm. So what? how did that then become Man V Fat? It's, uh, it all revolves around a toilet. This um, is the famous pink toilet. This is my pink toilet, yeah. Okay. So what it was is that with me and my wife, so after we sold the business from Staggart, we had some money saved up and <laughs> my wife all she wanted in her life was a girl toilet right. because there, at the time there was just me and my two boys and her so she shared a house with three blokes basically yeah and you know we're we're amazing people man but we're not <laughs> nice to share a toilet with are we no. especially boys who were like you know six and four i think they were at the time yeah. they don't care about flushing no. and like wiping stuff yeah, down every day, every day yeah. of the week yeah um so she just wanted a little pink toilet and uh where there were doilies and whatever girls do dolls presumably yeah. pink lavatory paper yeah. and, and, and uh, she wanted a pink toilet and that was it and we had so we were gonna spend this money on a pink toilet but 
so I'm a Christian and we we sort of and my wife's Christian and, and we were praying about um, what we you know should we spend this money on on yeah, this pink yeah. toilet and it just we just couldn't get it to work like every time <laughs> we felt that God was saying no and we were like yeah we'll probably do it anyway yeah. <laughs> and he's like no you shouldn't do this that this is cool this is cool yeah, yeah. Um, and we're like yeah we'll, we'll get a build around and just just get a quote and you know and, and it just wouldn't work we just couldn't make ourselves go through with it and we we're like why what 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 else is there and then it wasn't me it was Emma my wife who said I think it's about this this sort of thing that you've been through about weight loss and you know because I kept banging on about how the fact how it was so similar with so staggered obviously the website that we did about men and weddings yeah I got you know really emotionally involved in because I felt that men weren't supported with weddings. I felt yeah, that, yeah. you know, the wedding industry as a whole pushed everything onto the, the bride and the bride's mother typically, and that men got disenfranchised from weddings. And I thought, what a terrible start to a married life, you yeah. know, to have this day that's supposed to be a culmination of you and basically it's just planned by the bride and supported by the bride's mother. Yeah. And it didn't make any sense to me that, and it, and it really, not upset me, but I, I saw the pain from having spoken and written speeches for all these guys, I saw that yeah. you know they were pushed off on into dealing with the stag do um, more than they were engaged in sort of the emotional start of their married life, and and I just thought it's exactly the same with with men and weight loss. You know, there's there's no support there. there you know, men are being told go to the gym, but then I'd been to the gym and I I was scared of going to the gym genuinely. Like you know, when I was my biggest, I. I thought I'm gonna die if I go to the gym and there must be other men like that who feel the same way and, and Em said I think that's what God wants us to do and so you know um, that's what we did we, we <laughs> she, she was canny enough though to say well you know um, we need to get some kind of other input on that and we need to make sure that it's not just us so we did a crowdfunding campaign for it Oh, okay. And uh, we put it on, um, what's it called? I can't remember now. Um, not Kickstarter, but the other one, basically. And um, it, it went absolutely mental. It was like, you know, there was loads and loads of responses. It was about 3,000 guys who signed up within two weeks. Um, yeah, he signed up as well. <laughs> and, there, and all the, um, like, uh, Rosemary Connolly tweeted it. Jamie Oliver tweeted it. Um, and it just was like really, you know, exploded. And, and it sort of really gave me that kind of feeling that actually it's not just me yeah. who sat here in my shed going, why isn't there anything why, below? Yeah, exactly. Why? Why is there anything else? Something about me. Well, I mean, that's always the thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, as I say, my working environment is I work in a shed on my own, and it's always very difficult to actually then take an idea from that shed and say, does this apply to the real world? Because it might just be that you're sitting there going. Wouldn't it be great to have a bat doll of sins? <laughs> really? Nobody else No one no cares. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a suit made of bacon? <laughs> and, and then you launch one and you realise yeah. no oh, one wants to see yeah, all along. So, um, so yeah, so we, we went, we just followed that path and it was such a weird journey. Um, sorry, there's that word again. Um, but it was such an odd process to go through to have felt you know that we were genuinely directed to do this 
um, and then to, to step out in faith and, and kind of do it as a, as a project. And you know, we, we whistled through our set, the savings that we had set aside for the pink toilet in no time, because I wasn't earning money. So I just said, well, I'll work on it full time. Um, so we went through my, you know, the, the savings that we had, and then we were sticking everything on credit cards, and we were properly, you know, maxed out from that point of view. How, how much do you think that Emma got it? Obviously, she's going to support you. Mm. How much? You don't know Emma. <laughs> <laughs> to a point. Yeah. But how much do you think she could see what you could see from a woman's perspective? Well, I mean, she'd been through the staggered website with me and understood that it was genuinely a. I think what, what we found with Staggered was that the mainstream media had been talking to men and marketing to men as if they were these kind of 1970s Neanderthals who were just interested in beer and yeah. football and, and shagging and, and that was their, you know, that was the whole total yeah. of how you talk to men. But actually, you know, what had happened was this, this kind of emotional awakening of men and or either that or it, they'd always been emotionally awoken and it was it just never been picked up on and I think that you know so you would have these situations where the mainstream media was saying blokes and weddings they just want to you know, yeah, go and start booze get, you know, get hookers and get leathered um, but then I was writing speeches for guys who were saying I can't put into words how much I how love feel. my wife and you know and that's what they were hiring me to do and yeah. because they were really struggling to say it in words about what, what they felt about their wife and so I was saying, what doesn't seem to, the two things don't seem to match. And so I think she'd seen that same disconnect between what the main, so the diet industry just assumed that men weren't bothered about weight. Yeah. Um, and she'd seen what I'd been through and knew that that wasn't true for me. So maybe it was, wasn't true for others. And we did the crowdfunding campaign um, and realized that actually it wasn't true for a lot of people. And, you know, there was a massive appetite for, for this as a concept to exist. Yeah. We didn't know what, what it was, but we just sort of thought we'd got to, to do that. For anybody who's listening who maybe hasn't visited the Man Fat site, um, Labour's Terms, mm. what is it? So it's a blog, it's a website, it's uh, advice, information. We tried to put together a great resource, um, a magazine. So we started off with a free digital magazine. Did you? Yeah. That's, yeah. the, that's one of the reasons. Did you subscribe to the magazine? I, I subscribed to the magazine. Um, I think. Did you back the, the funding campaign? I can't remember. <laughs> I found it on holiday. I was on holiday with yeah. my iPad. Yeah. And I was like, um, just looking at a few weight loss things. And I came across the magazine. And that's when um, I then <clears> saw Man V Fat Football advertised. That's when uh, it clicked. So oh, Man v Fat. Yeah, oh, I, I used to read that. that. Yeah. yeah. How funny. Where did it come from? I love the magazine. Yeah, the magazine really? was really good. So, I mean, obviously. I, being a journalist mm. and Yo, so I was a designer for us 25 years called Yolanda Yo, who does all our design and stuff, and she's an amazing graphic designer. And she does, um, she used to do uh, Big Issue. Um, she's done a lot of very good digital magazines, and she uh, is nice enough to do all our graphic design. So she did design the, the magazine, did a great job with that. Um, so it did look really good, and and the whole idea was to do like a magazine style content around the issue of men and weight. So it wasn't necessarily to provide the best, you know, exercises or something, but we just wanted to, so a great article that things like 24 worst things about being a fat man. Yeah. You know, what are they? And, you know, and 
talking, you know, it's really funny, you'd say something like belt buckle rash, and people yeah. would go, you know, some people would go, I don't know what that is, and you're like, you are not a fat man. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you don't know what it's like to have your yeah. belt buckle imprinted on the underside yeah. of your what gut. You yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, the embarrassment of asking for seatbelt extenders and, yeah. you know, all of those things, what being fat does to your penis, you know, that's classic yeah, man be yeah, fat yeah. article yeah. territory, you know. Um, so we were just talking about the, the experience of being a fat bloke and also trying to inspire and motivate men who wanted to make that change. Yeah. The testimonials on there were absolutely incredible. Yeah. The guy who lost weight. Yeah. Did you actually get to meet anybody? Like I know it was a lot of guys <laughs> all from the, the US world. and all over yeah. the world. Um, yeah, I met a few of them, uh, became friends with a few of them and you know, uh, still in contact with most of them in truth. Um, you know, there's the, as you say, there were some incredible stories yeah. and uh, a couple of them were friends from before and so yeah, I know quite a lot of them. Um, but that really gave me the, that gave us the formula for what Man Be Fat was. It was about community around that topic. So, you know, how can we support and champion each other into losing weight? And content around that as an issue, so that that's what we wanted to do. It, it went from the the free magazine to the free website and forum, and, and they've both grown. And so now, you know, so when we started, so as I say, there was three thousand subscribers before we even started, um, and now there's just over a million. I think it's one point two million unique users we do per year. Um, yeah, for the for the website and the forum, and. You know, an awful lot of those will be lurkers because it, a lot of it is guys who are addressing this as a topic in their own way of researching it and reading around it, but not feeling like there's anything that they can do. Yeah. Well, maybe it's exactly the same as you. You know, you pick it up, you have a read, but then ten months down the line, you think, I am going to do something. Oh, look, yeah. I'm be fat. I've got a, you know, a new product or something that, that can support me. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's what what has sort of grown into. And from there, once we've done the the magazine and the website, we started, my, my view was always that not to treat myself like an expert because I'm not, you know, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a, a PT. Yeah. Um, the book got published very quickly after that, which was just... What year, well, this was around 2014? Uh, so 2014 it got commissioned, so we were doing the free magazine, we the, about, it was the first week that the first issue of the magazine was out and a publisher from Headline, the publisher's Headline, got in touch and said, this is amazing, um, we'd love to do a book about it. Um, so, uh, just again, I mean, this is the whole thing about what I was saying about it, it is such a strange process, and, and you sort of feel, you know, if, if you're in any way religious, that, that there's that sort of sense of, actually it was, um, meant to be rather than yeah. it is you know had I think, to be. I think even even I mean, I'm not a religious person yeah. at all but I think you can look when you look back and you pick it apart you think ah this makes sense and this makes yeah. sense and clearly it was obviously a clear path absolutely that, that was going to happen and, and I mean all, all of the things that I mean you know 2014-15 was a pretty tight year in terms of tight years in terms of money like we we properly scaled everything back so that we could afford to keep doing it because we felt that it was really important to do it and we felt that we were starting to support men and, and help and so we we took it from the website to the magazine sorry the magazine to the website the book came out of that um, and that did really well in 2015 
it was never going to sell like Joe Wicks amounts because no. I'm not Joe Wicks. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, that that's a much more simple concept that is, you know, quick, easy recipes. Yeah. That's a much easier sell yeah. than actually the book that I wanted to write, which I did, which was talking to men about why they were fat. You know, that's not a very sexy sell. It's, it's not. <laughs> Joe Wicks is, is the guy who's leaning from the front. Yeah. Um, don't book, put me at the back. No, no. <laughs> I think what you do, Jan, is yeah. you just hold a mirror. Yeah. So you just go, see this? This is what's out there. This is what's available to you. Because I, I love that. I mean, I've read the book. Roman, you've, I've read the book, you've yeah. read the book. Did um, you like it, Roman? It was actually a good read. <laughs> really? I sound, you sound surprised, but yeah. uh, no, generally, it was, like like you say, it wasn't in a way saying, you know, do this, do this, do this. It was, this is why people are fat, yeah. or men are fat. If you are, if you are one of these, then I'm going to help you. This is yeah. the options that are available. Yeah. So it wasn't, eat this on this day at this time, and then go and do this in the gym. It was, no. this is this is a certain kind of diet, it's calorie control, this... One of my favourite reviews on Amazon is, is saying, I can't believe how basic this book is. And and that's exactly what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be, you know, not for blokes who've been to the gym and read 20 issues of Men's Health, because pretty much they would know more than me about yeah. nutrition and those sorts of things. It was for a truck driver who, you know, has never thought about dieting before, has never thought, you know, it's just suddenly been to his doctor and been told he's pre-diabetic and, and then to go, why? Why am I fat? What do I need to do? So it just explains all of the basics in the simplest terms possible yeah. and, and takes it from there. So for a lot of people, it'll be way too basic. Yeah. But then, you know, as I say, for the diet industry, has been going at women since 1960s, but for men, it hasn't really even started. If anything, it's kind of like an anti-diet book, yeah. in a way. It unravels. Well, as well, I think the great thing about it is it picks all the BS around it as well. Yeah. You know, all the don't eat after seven o'clock and yeah. the stuff that you pick up and pay for, you see in the paper or you see online, one day they're telling you, drink more red wine, one day they're telling you, yeah. and I think that it just gets rid of all that and says, these, well, these are the options that are available. Yeah. Move more, eat less, calories. Yeah, that, that's corporate. Which essentially that's, is every diet ever. That's, I felt about your book was, it wasn't pretentious. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's a basic approach essentially. And and that's, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that we did it. I think that um, it would have been great to have a, a sexier concept to sell, like Lean In 15 or something. But, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing where, to be honest, all of those things, again, I think that they do a disservice to, to dieting and to, to men as a whole, because you, you're really just sort of saying to them, look, this is the new concept. Yeah. And there is no new concept. No, you know, it's always the same thing. Always calories same. in, calories out. Totally. And you know, whichever diet you look at is calories in, calories out. And it's great that people can find new approaches on yeah, that. And, yeah. and it's good that you know other people might get engaged through that. But yeah. you should, I think it's you should probably go to jail if you're saying that this is the yeah. the new hot way of doing it. But nobody's ever known before. Yeah. I've just invented this concept. It's called the five two sixteen hours. Yeah. Well, what does that do? Well, less calories it's over a week. It's called the dust diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just eat this dust. dust. Yeah. Uh, it's very um, calorific, most of people find. But yeah, like, sorry. <clears throat> so the book yeah. was a uh, success, the, mm. the, the website was going great. Mm. At what point, mm. and I, I'd really like to know, where was the spark from going from Man V Fat to Man V Fat Football? So it grew out of <laughs> um, 
it's, it's one of those weird stories. So we were working with a guy who, lovely guy, um, who was a public health specialist. And because we'd sort of identified, actually, if we want to go out and start helping you know, more men, then it's great that we're doing the website, but we also need, because they kept asking us for face-to-face -face things. Getting out. Yeah, and, and that was one of the things that surprised us because the dieting industry had always said men's, men's weight loss groups don't work. Yeah. And so I went out and I started trying to figure out what a men's weight loss group should look like. And so we did all sorts of different trials of it, pilots, and the vast majority were horrific failures. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm not even, I, I can't even, I shudder to think of some of the ones that we did. So one of them was uh, like basically just a complete Weight Watchers facsimile where it would right. be me weighing in guys and talking to them in the, uh, so it was our local church said, oh, we can use our village hall. And it was me and our vicar for eight weeks, just us two. Right. <laughs> but he lost weight. Good. So, you know, 100% success rate. Um, Why do you think that is? Was it, was it, was it because you were taking an existing blueprint that worked for women and just... Exactly that. Paint it over for men. Because exactly because blokes didn't want to sit in a church hall and talk about their feelings. Mm. You know, um, they just didn't. Yeah. And God bless him, the vicar did it. I think because he felt embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and it honestly, we did other ones that were equally as bad, like you know, just rubbish online stuff yeah, yeah. and trying things and just you know just. But that was the whole point of that as a process was yeah. to try it and see yeah. what happened. Um, so we learned a lot <laughs> through the scintillating failures that I managed to create. And we put in a bid for Solihull, had a men's weight management contract come up for, I can't remember what it was, but it was X grand per year to help support 150 men to lose 5% of their body weight. And so that was the thing. We went through the tender process, learned a lot about public health contracts and bidding. I'd never done that before as a journalist. Yeah. Um, and so we were working with this guy who was a public health specialist and the whole plan was, so he was like, you should go and do this. It, you know, you've got a great brand, you've got a good reach of the website, um, you know, you've got the book, you should just sort of take it on and, and do it. So we, we sort of more or less followed him and didn't really know what we were doing in that realm, but we had him, so it was all okay. Won the Solihull contract and um, he got offered another job. So this was must have been about October 2015. He, um, we got the contract one week, and we were like, yeah, great, so he's gonna go off and deliver yeah, this contract. Yeah. I'm not naming him because I don't wanna slag him off, because yeah. it, it, you know, I understand why he made the decisions that he did. Um, and so he, uh, we got offered the contract on one week, uh, he was going to go and deliver the contract and sort of do it. Um, and the next week, he got offered this job doing smoking cessation near to him down in Gloucester. And he went, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to go and take that job. And I was like, I have literally no idea what I'm what doing really? in public health. I had to go to these meetings with public health people, and they were like, well, you'll need to be using WEMWEBS. And, <laughs> um, and, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I'll, is it WEMWEB? <laughs> trust me, I'll WEMWEB this up like a <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> and, it, um, and didn't know what I was doing. So we had uh, friends who worked, um, provided doing, as they started off as a smoking cessation 
company and then grew and grew and grew and they're, they're called Thrive Tribe. So we, they, we went and spoke to him and said, how the hell do you deliver a public health contract? And got some really good advice from him, got some really good advice from um, some, some great friends within the industry who, again, I'm not going to name because the, the advice that they gave us was is not the sort of thing they'd want to have their name against. But basically they said, look, public health, and men's way is just awful. So don't go anywhere near it. No, they said basically if you've got a contract to do it, as long as you're not open openly fraudulent, ah, yeah. just try your best and no one will blame you if it all goes yeah. horrifically wrong. So it's because, better to fail. because no one's cracked it. Yeah. Um so I was like I don't believe it. That's not how I be- can believe that our public money is spent. Yeah. Um but it is. It really is. Yeah. Um and so we between that advice from Thrive Tribe and uh, friends within the industry, they just said, "Look, just come up with a scheme. Just give it, you know, have a thing and come up with something and try it." You know, you've tried the various different approaches. Yeah. You know what doesn't work. Yeah. So try and so I was like, "Well, I really wanted to do something around football because I love football, you know." Um, and then I, and I really it sounds tossy, but you know, I really like this this whole concept of gamifying and making things that were are not necessarily enjoyable, slightly more enjoyable yeah. by the concept. And that was largely just because I was working and playing with a lot of apps that had done that. And so started to put together this idea around a Man V Fat football idea. Um, put it together for a January launch. So this was, I think it was in November, came up with the idea and then started promoting the hell out of it for a January launch. We did one press release through Solihull Council um, and it got picked up by the Birmingham Mail, I think. And then the Birmingham Mail is part of the Mirror Group and so it went to the Daily Mirror and then from the Daily Mirror it went like, into loads of different places. And the reason that it got so much traction is because it's fat blokes playing football. Yeah. And how hilarious will that be for an editor, you know, yeah. to be able to show fat blokes, you know, with bouncy tits, yeah. kicking a football. Oh, it's, I never it's thought of it that tabloid way. gold, yeah. yeah. And that that's largely what a lot of that first uh, league was was PR'd off. Not obviously it's not what we pitched it as, yeah, but yeah, yeah. all of the the promotion that we got from it was exactly off that. You know, we had some photos of some of the guys having a kick around and it was you know, they used like this I the sun, I was absolutely fuming with the sun because they had, um, they picked all of the photos that would embarrass guys yeah. the most, you know, like shorts riding down your ass. That's really not why the sun. No, usually such a bastion yeah, of the good. So yeah, so it was, so we had 80 places available on that league and we had just under a thousand applications for the league. Um, and obviously Solihull were like, we weren't sort of expecting that in a lot of ways, um, and, w- and I wasn't expecting it. So, and that first Fox Hollies League in Solihull was a real baptism of fire. It was really, um, I went and coached it. Um, didn't really know what I was doing there, but sort of learned as I went. Um, I'll never forget the registration session for the first Fox Hollies League. So, we had these eighty guys signed up, and I was bricking it. Uh, went down to this registration session and no one turned up, and there was no one there. And then this one guy pitched up after about 15 minutes after the registration session started, and I think I was packing away. It was properly like, you know, yeah. pitiful, and I, was, I just had visions of vicars in church halls and things. <laughs> Flashbacks. And, yeah, exactly. And um, he went, 
um, you look, is this where the fat blokes go? I was like, yeah, 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 this is, yeah, this is the manly fat football thing. I was like, oh, right. There's about 70 fat blokes all waiting by the football pitch. <laughs> I was You're like, joking, no, we, that so we were in the sports hall. Because right. like, obviously we were doing like weigh-ins and things. Yeah. And so someone went, <laughs> went and got on and it was like, you know, just leading up this trail of, of fat brummies up to the registrations. And it was like, it was just this amazing 15 minutes of catastrophic failure. Yeah. It's just this thinking, oh, here we go again. Totally. You know, yeah. thinking this is just, you know, I've absolutely balls this up. Um, and then everyone came up and it was, you know, really, really positive from the off. 